Kara Barbrick with the Space Foundation, and you're listening to the Space For You podcast. Space For You is designed to tell the stories of the amazing people who make today's space exploration possible. Today, we are joined by Alan Middleman. Alan J. Middleman is the founder, CEO, and president of Sun Tiger, Inc., doing business as Eagle Eyes Optics. Sun Tiger manufactures the Eagle Eyes brand of sunglasses that are sold online, in leading catalogs, and by distributors worldwide. The Eagle Eyes line is comprised of hundreds of styles for every taste and for almost every light condition, including bright sunlight, night driving, low light conditions, computer, gaming, office wear, travel, and occupational safety glasses. Eagle Eyes high-performance eyewear was developed from original NASA optic technology and is the only sunglass lens in the world to receive the Lifetime Certified Space Technology Seal, certified for their UVR and blue light protection. Eagle Eyes Optics' unique origins, its space transfer technology, and its relationship to NASA also led to their induction into the prestigious Space Foundation Technology Hall of Fame. Welcome today, Alan. Well, good morning, Kara. Good to get together with you. Yes, agreed. I'm really excited to chat today and get some more background on on Eagle Eyes and hear your story. So Love to do that. Let's jump right in. You know, we talked a lot about Eagle Eyes background in the intro, but we didn't really talk about you as much. So let's jump in there a little bit. And can you tell me, have you always been an entrepreneur? Well, I, I have. I, uh, I, in my early years, worked for a, a couple of companies, and uh, I found that I just wasn't as good as an employee as I thought I could be an employer. I had ideas and, and desires that just didn't seem to match up with the environments that I was in. So in my late teens, I started my first automotive business. Wow. In your late teens, so you, you started really young. While I was in college, I, I started a retail business here in Santa Monica, California. That eventually turned into an importing business. Took a trip over to Japan and started bringing in products from uh, Japan. Became the distributor for a major lighting company. And from there, just one thing turned to another. Over to Germany uh, the next year and started bringing in automotive products for racing. And that was my early life. Multiple entrepreneurial pieces. <laughs> When did you first then become connected to the sunglass world and kind of learn about this very cool technology behind your Eagle Eye sunglasses? Maybe there's a little background there, if you don't mind that. I'd like to give you a little bit of that to kind of bring us forward. As I mentioned, this was in my early 20s when I started a company called Midcom. The company was involved in automotive manufacturing and distribution of aerodynamic designs and high-performance products for primarily Porsche automobiles. But an introduction by my patent attorney, who represented two really ingenious physicists at Jet Propulsion Laboratories, led us to a nice working relationship on new automotive technologies. It was shortly after I uh, selling my, my automotive business in the late 1980s, I, I contacted these same physicists, and they asked me if I cared to help them with their new company specializing in eye protection. That's when they really opened my eyes to a whole new technology that they'd created for protecting human sight while enhancing your vision. 
they accomplish this by uh, selectively blocking ultraviolet and blue light radiation. Well, that was all new language to me, new theories. And after a while, I started getting much more involved. And when they told me they filed patents for this revolutionary invention, I was sold. <laughs> I thought, well, let's move forward. So I went on to work with them to refine the patents. Uh, we filed additional patents utilizing the same NASA optic technology. And that's really how it began. So really connected to your spirit of wanting to be inventive and creative, not be an employee. Yes, it was it was all new technology that I could see, and it brought me into something that I never touched, and that was that part was really exciting. What can we do? Where can we take this technology? So then you did take it and you ran with it, but how did you come up with the name Eagle Eye Optics? The original JPL scientists that started the company. Uh, used the name Sun Tiger. Although we still have that as our corporate name, uh, we changed the business name to Eagle Eyes Optics because uh, after acquiring the trademark and expanding on our efforts in optics, we believe that Eagle Eyes really more reflects our business model, which is ultimate eye protection and vision enhancement for most all environments, both indoors and outdoors. So how is it connected to eagles? I think that's the piece I'm most curious about. The NASA scientists studied uh, eagles and birds of prey, and they found that eagles possess special oil droplets that protect and enhance vision. They fly at extremely high altitudes, and they have to search for their prey and, and really have precise vision. They found that they're not affected by ultraviolet or blue light or any of the vision-distracting light, so they, they replicated this dye stuffs that are in the eagle's eye into a lens. This all started for a very specific reason. Oh, tell me that. What was the very specific reason? NASA's JPL and Caltech out in Pasadena were charged with finding out the harmful properties of light because astronauts were going to be working in space. And, and as such, they were going to be welding using lasers. And those lights are very dangerous and it takes a very brief amount of time to damage the eye. And so they they needed something that actually didn't exist at, at that particular time. And what they came up with was the first revolutionary transparent welding curtain. Before that time, all welding curtains in the world were opaque. You could not see through them. So if a welder was asleep, had a heart attack on fire, they couldn't tell. All you could see was this blue flash coming above the welding environment. So they created this transparent welding curtain so you could see the astronaut while he was working and the eyes of the astronauts within the capsule were protected as well because they were not getting a, a dose of that heavy blue light as well. So this was became the standard and it, it still is today. That's amazing. You don't even really think about that and what other professionals had to deal with before this was available. No. It, these NASA scientists, physicists, knew that radiational light was harmful to the human eye. They knew that welders needed very, very heavy protection here on Earth. So, of course, being that there is no ozone in outer space, just mere protection from the sun is much more important. But again, working in space was a new, new effort. And so they needed to find ways to combat this. And when they came up with this particular technology, it opened up a new opportunity for working in space. 
And how long ago was this? They worked from the late 70s to the 1980s to perfect this. This was when they were first leaving the capsules to do welding and laser work and other outside opportunities that they had while they were in space. So most likely a significant piece to the ability to build the International Space Station? That this is a big part, a very big part of, of what the technology was developed for. So they had the, the immediate capability to do work and then be seen by other astronauts while they're working for various reasons. Of course, one of which would be of protecting the astronaut that's doing the work. Wow. Right. I'm so impressed. Then you took that technology and put it in the sunglasses. So what health benefits are provided with your line of sunglasses? All of our, our lenses were designed after this original NASA optic technology to one degree or another. Our eagle-eyes lenses provide maximum eye protection from the sun's not only harmful ultraviolet rays, but also blue light which is critical for our ability to see clearly. This is because when light enters the eye, a series of events happen, uh, which can either help, hinder, or even destroy our, our eyesight. Which is just terrible. And we're exposed to so much more blue light now because of our electronics. So you have a line of sunglasses, but you, you also have computer glasses, yes? Right. White light and blue light are emitted from computer screens, telephones, or cell phones, and other electronic devices. And so we block all of the UV, but we selectively block a certain portion of the blue light, which that causes the disturbance in the eye. And that's what provides not only protection, but also a better viewing experience. Excellent. Can you tell us what the harmful factors are of the exposure to ultraviolet light? I think we've heard a long time about UV blocking and, and that, but I don't think we, as a general public, really understand what it does to the eye. Well, yes, the, the most common form of eye damage is really related to ultraviolet exposure. To go backwards, uh, hundreds of years ago, we lived in an agrarian society. Our heads were down. We were farming and we didn't spend time looking up at the sun. Today, we make an active effort to get as much of that sunshine as we can. We drive into the sun in the morning, we drive back at night, we're outdoors playing and, and recreationally looking to take advantage of the sun. So our exposure is extremely great. And that that is the most common form of eye damage that's related to ultraviolet exposure. Cataracts, which cause the lens to the eye, the lens to cloud, uh, it loses its transparency. It leads to reduced vision. If it's left untreated, blindness can occur. In fact, in the United States alone, it's estimated that cataracts diminish the eyesight of millions of people at the expense of billions of dollars. And it's a, it's an ongoing process to educate and get people to do a very simple form of protection, and that's put good lens protection on their eyes. Other forms of eye damage are directly attributable to, to ultralight exposure. They include pterygiums. It's a, an abnormal mass of tissue that arises from the inner corner of the eye and skin cancer around the eyes, macular degeneration, uh, which really damages the center of the eye and prevents people from seeing fine details. There's an easy way to stop this progression and these diseases, are, and it's not expensive. <laughs> and that's, you can guess how they do that. 
<laughs> Let me guess. Okay. <laughs> Do Before they wear you... sunglasses? <laughs> well, yes, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> Good sunglasses, protective sunglasses. And and I, one thing I was saying, and I it's not mentioned enough, is that there really is an oh wow experience when you put on a pair of eagle eyes. They're like nothing that anyone has ever worn before. And we have people wearing our glasses for 20, 25 years now that come back and say, I still have my eagle eyes. This is the only glasses I'll wear because when I drive, I can't see anything properly unless I'm wearing them. So we never stop enjoying the the great comments that are given to us and, and accolades for how people feel uh, when they put on a pair of eagle eyes. I can most certainly attest to that. I got my eagle eye sunglasses about five years ago, and I have multiple pairs. I so I can have one that travels with me, and you know, one that's in my outdoor recreation bag, and a pair in my car. I I don't ever want to be without them. Well, I agree. I, there is the oh wow experience for sure. My my children would never wear sunglasses, and it was actually my my youngest son his friends had a little band and they put them on and they started talking them up to him. And that was when he was 14, 15 years old and he's worn them every day since. So <laughs> I'm pleased that I finally got my kids into, into good, good sunglasses. Yeah, that's perfect. Of course, a teenager would need their friends to yes. convince and them, not their was, parents. <laughs> that's exactly what it took. I've even noticed that, you know, here in Colorado, when it's snowing, that I will wear them and that really helps. I'm, I don't understand why that is, but I often put them on in, in a snowstorm just to help with that clarification. Well, when it snows, remember the sun is still up there and what it's doing, it's reflecting blue light. The retina has trouble focusing on that. So it blurs things out. So we put a, a guard, a, a special tincture into our lenses that block that blue light from having to enter the eye. And then that's something you probably notice living in a mountainous area that you can take the glasses on and off and you can see more precisely into the mountains um, than you can without the glasses. I, I, I've been doing this for many, many years. I still enjoy doing that when I'm traveling. <laughs> I get up in the morning and can actually see our mountains. And we, we did provide glasses years ago for search and rescue helicopter teams because they admitted that they did find that they worked better than just any other glasses they they'd had on. Wow. Mentioning that makes me want to jump into some of the other philanthropic work that you've done. You know, you you have this wonderful background in science, but I feel like you work really hard to make sure that those who are in need of these sunglasses have them. So I, I would love for you to tell us the story about the time you went to Galena, Alaska, and kind of why you went to that specific location to take some sunglasses. This was through an actual Space Foundation outreach program. Uh, we were fortunate enough to get involved. Uh, it was a very worthwhile effort. Eagle Eyes donated its UV and blue light protective polarized sunglasses to the high school in Galena. And they were delivered by members of the Space Foundation and presented by a former NASA astronaut, Livingston Boulder. He took them there to give to the, the children in the Galena High School. So why was it specifically Galena? What makes Galena different than other places in the United States? Well, this was a real oddity, and they wanted to conduct further studies. They, through original eye studies in Galena, they found that the children in Galena have an incidence of cataracts that were 300 times greater in Alaska 
because of the sun's reflection off of the snow. And just as we mentioned about the active effort we get to get into. So they unfortunately were being exposed to high doses of ultraviolet blue light radiation because the snow was bouncing the light right directly into their eyes. And so you were able to just change their worlds with one pair of sunglasses. It was really startling to find out there and eye-opening how dangerous and beautiful our sun can be. I, I grew up and I, and I did it unfortunately. I sat there with my friends in the sun as a kid and I believe that only fortunately many, many years ago I started wearing protective sunglasses or my vision wouldn't be as good as it is now and it still needs needs work. So <laughs> I think that teaching teaching children the benefits of proper eye protection at the earliest age, because children experiment. When my parents told me don't look at the sun, that was a green light to go and look at the sun. <laughs> anyway, I could, you know, I put my hands in front of my eyes and sneak a peek. But I think if they understood the dangers, they wouldn't be as cavalier to doing something like that. Now, did they have the wow factor as well when they put their sunglasses on? Yes, absolutely. It's our, our standard eagle-eyes sunglass that we provide to general public. It was very high protection. It, it blocked all of the ultraviolet radiation and blue light up to 475 nanometers. I got a report from, from Livingston that everything went well. They enjoyed wearing them. For them, it was an exciting experience because it was comforting. There is a, an experience that's had when we first put on a pair of eagle-eyes. It's a comforting, a calming experience. And that's because the eye is being calmed in the, in the areas that normally gets a harsh dose of light. So it's a visually enhancing lens, yet it's a, it has a very calming effect. So glad you mm -hmm. were able to do that, especially well, with an astronaut. How fun is that? That was really a great thing. I mean, we really, I would have loved to have gone up there, but it was nice to see that there, there was an opportunity to do some good. Yes. And you take other opportunities to do good with different partners. Can you tell us a little bit about how you work with military members? Sure. Well, in addition to our long and fruitful relationship, we've had the Space Foundation, and we have. Uh, we also continue to a great partnership with a group uh, called Operation Gratitude. They've done so much good for both active and retired military service members and their families, even caregivers and first responders. Operation Gratitude creates these amazing, very much needed and certainly appreciated personal care gift boxes. And there are all kinds of essentials and useful products they put inside. And they do this all through donations and generous community volunteerism. To date, actually, they've deployed over 3 million of these packages and they've sent them all over the world. It's been a very successful program. It started out of one person's garage. About three years ago, uh, Lieutenant Colonel he became involved. His name is Kevin Schmeagel, and Kevin put to work about half a million inbound uh, soldiers, retired, uh, unemployed, through a program where he got together all the major corporations, the same people that we have in corporate partnership, Aerojet, Boeing, and all these various companies, and they had career days throughout the country. Out of that, about half a million individuals were put to work in various different corporations. So he's done a wonderful job. He's a big-hearted guy, very humble, and that's what's made it a great relationship for us. What is it that you so appreciate about Operation Gratitude? We 
worked with them for some years now, and uh, they've allowed us to be part of their efforts. And uh, I'll give an example. We've become a partner with the Honor Flight Network, which are retired airmen, air, air women that are now in need of some real gratitude for their and appreciation for their efforts. A couple of years ago, we put together several thousand care boxes of our glasses with a lot of the other good products, wonderful products that were being distributed and sent out. That's been a just a rewarding experience for us that we know that they're appreciated. It's, it's an emotional connection between the public and those who serve so bravely in our, and it's apparent in the responses we receive from recipients of these care packages. If you don't mind, I'd like to just read something, a quick note from Rhonda was posted on the on the website there. She's an 86-year-old post-Korean War veteran. She's from Minnesota. And she wrote, I want to thank all the children, teachers, organizations, and individuals that donated the thoughtful letters and the other items in the care package, in my care package. This is my favorite item, the awesome folding sunglasses. So we, of course, joyous at seeing that. <laughs> and that, that makes us feel good as well. That's some of the reason why. We've just had such good experience working with Operation Gratitude that I thought I would just bring it up at this time. Yes, I, I can see why you're sharing with people who need the glasses and they can feel the gratitude that you're sending their way. That's just a wonderful piece that you do and continue your philanthropic efforts. We'd like to be able to continue doing it even on a larger scale, but we do what we can. <laughs> yes, exactly. I know that the pandemic has really transitioned a lot of people's work environments and goals. What new pathway are you taking given all the changes this last year? Considering when we were told to go home back in March of last year, without question, there's there's been and still are new challenges in how we operate and are adjusting in a remote world business. That's something that was not anticipated. One of the major really new learning experiences we found is our ability to, to keep a cohesive group experience by having regular COVID-friendly video meetings. That's really been at least a major change. We find that also the, our business model is starting to change. We need to be much more in touch with clients, get the current needs and changes that are happening. The world's becoming much more competitive because of internet sales and transparency even if a product is not substantively the same as, let's say, what we sell, people are, are really capable of creating great stories. And so the buyers are confused as to why they should pay more or less for a product or whose story is better. So it requires us to step our game up and be much more focused on how we present ourselves and our reputation. That stands for a great deal. We've been now doing this. 30 years plus. And so that has given us some leg up, but still every day we have to kind of recreate ourselves to make ourselves better and, and do a better job. People knowing your history and your connection to very solid science, I'm sure has to make a difference. It, it certainly helped. And certainly our relationship with Space Foundation and personally knowing how hard everyone works there for, for so many years. Uh, we've watched you know, your efforts uh, 
like increasing education and space for students and teachers. The work that you do with young professionals and space professionals is an everyday effort. And yes, even entrepreneurs like me, we, we've all benefited by Space Foundation's existence. And for that, I just want to really say thank you. Thank you very much. It's been a wonderful relationship. Everyone at Space Foundation has been always so generous and open with us and helpful. Couldn't ask for a better relationship. It truly is our pleasure. It's a joy to highlight your space connection and the importance of the work that you do as well. Well, thank you for giving me an opportunity to to speak today. It's sometimes more comfortable when we're face-to-face, but I'm enjoying this just as much. (laughs) Well, good. (laughs) So glad. And that concludes this episode of the Space Foundation Space for You podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and on Google Play. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And of course, our website, www.spacefoundation.org, where you can also learn about the various ways to support the Space Foundation. On all of these outlets and more, it's our goal to inspire, educate, connect, and advocate for the space community, because at the Space Foundation, we will always have space for you. Thanks for listening. <music>